0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
1: And we are live. Welcome to the MLB Strategy Show. It is Wednesday, September 28th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by Prize Picks, And we're running it back today. Another 12-game MLB slate. Lots to break down. We'll see how it actually ends up for all of this good stuff, because it's a, it's a different slate than what we got yesterday. Um, before we get started, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Adam, how did it shake out for you in baseball yesterday?
2: Kind of annoying. I uh, got a lot of stuff right. Didn't quite get there. I think I had on FanDuel, like, I don't know, six lineups in the top. Oh, uh, I So I pulled up YouTube, and it wasn't <laughs> muted, so it's just Lafayette talking. And I was like, why is Lafayette in my ear? Uh, it's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's terrible. But uh, no, I think I had like six lineups in the top 100 on FanDuel. Just didn't get there. Uh, DraftKings was looking a little bit better earlier than it fell off a bit. But, you know, highest-owned team was the Orioles. Ended up around the field on the Astros. Didn't get to the Braves. Would have been nice to have some Acuña obviously. Um, Carlos Carrasco sucked. That didn't help. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a normal sleep.
1: There we go. I, I would um,
2: bet. I didn't go back and look, but pretty sure I probably had the best Carrasco lineup on Fandle. Came in like 50th
1: with three points from Carrasco. That didn't feel great. Uh, did you see the depth of Wheeler and Logan Webb yesterday? I did not. Wheeler went six. I, actually, I did see he went six. I didn't see how many pitches he threw. Like 75 or something okay. like that. So like exactly what we said. See, oh no! not So even worse, 62. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... Ridiculous, obviously. Uh, another one of those spots where the guy that I think looks like a decent play if he actually throws all of those innings does exactly what he needs to do and does it in minimal innings. It's incredible right. how consistent this is becoming. And then Logan Webb goes five, strikes out seven, which is amazing, 78 pitches. Yeah. So,
2: us just need to start telling their pitchers before they go out there that they're limited.
1: It's Insane. Insane. That when we have look, these conversations, it would be interesting. Like, same. I wonder
2: if like Velo t- ticks up for those guys in situations like that. i kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it when we talked about Webb yesterday. But like, if you tell it's the same reason guys become better when they turn into relievers. Like, if you tell me that I'm throwing 60 pitches no matter what I do, there's no reason that I'm not just emptying the tank as opposed yeah. to trying to,
1: you know, save some for the seventh. At the very least, you're letting it go on like out pitches, right? you know like maybe maybe it's you're not just starting it off just really you know digging down and trying to do whatever but when you get two strikes on somebody you right. you might be going for a little bit more than you would be if you thought you had to go eight or something yeah it's, there's probably something there i mean that that's a that's a stat project for that would right. take a yeah, very so like, long time
2: i have no idea time. how to quantify it like Oh, he's on a pitch count. So let me pull back his enemy's projection, but then bump his strikeout projection. Like there probably is something there, but I don't.
1: And honestly, like it's probably marginal in that spot too. Where like even if you're if you're projecting the guy for two less outs, but two extra percentage points of strikeout rate, like it, that might not also matter at all. Right. Yeah. They, they probably offset each other. Anyway, we got twelve games to get through. A uh, limited amount of time to do it. So you ready to get started? Yep. Nats and Braves. run implied total for the Nats, 5.1 for the Braves. This feels familiar. Josiah Gray and Jake Odorizzi going in this one. Gray, basically unowned against the Braves and should be. Odorizzi pulling 11% ownership at 5,400. I think that makes sense as a value arm. I don't know how much you need it. He is the preferred pay down option from an ownership perspective right now. I think if you're going to pay down, I think it makes sense. I just don't know if I want to even do that.
2: Yeah, he's cheaper than he should be at 5,400. He's not a very good pitcher. He's another one of these pitchers that we've seen kind of take a step back in strikeout percentage, but then also find a way to start mitigating power a bit. In the past, he would give up a lot more power than he has this year. 159 expected ISO to righties, 127 the lefties. He's kind of just a guy, but at 5,400, like, I don't know, he should be 6,500, 7K, somewhere in there. And then it's a good matchup against the Nats as well. So, like you said, solid pay down option. Don't know how much you really need to get there. I would say kind of comparable to Herman Marquez last night, where uh-huh. just clearly mispriced, but also not the most exciting pitcher to get to and just kind of ends up showing up in, you know, 10% or so of lineups.
1: It's definitely exciting, in my opinion, to get to the Braves, number one in top stack, third in ownership right now. So they're actually looking mildly under-owned. I have them- as my top stack, but a couple percentage points behind where we have them. I think they still look good. I'm still getting to Atlanta. I'm a bit over the field at this current mark. I assume you're with me. Yeah, they look good. Uh, I think this is a really interesting matchup just from
2: a, like, what players are good at standpoint. Because Josiah Gray has been good against right-handed bats this year. Um, 154 expected ISO, 25% strikeout percentage. It's lefties that have really lit him up. Um, 288 expected woba to righties, but lefties, 266 expected ISO, 363 expected woba. Most of the power in the Braves lineup is right-handed, but it's really good. So I'm not saying like Josiah Gray has the advantage. I'm just saying like, it is kind of interesting. You know, maybe he does just go out there and pile up some strikeouts. But I also think you get like five combined home runs from Matt Olson and Michael Harris. Like this is such a ridiculously good spot for... Those two guys in particular, just really, really good left-handed hitters against a guy who cannot do anything to mitigate damage from lefties. So, I mean, I obviously like Acuna, Swanson, Riley, whoever's catching, but Matt Olson and Michael Harris stand out in a way that you're typically just not going to get.
1: Yeah, I've got it in as Eddie Rosario at catcher, which would be another lefty bat, and that would certainly work. You have Eddie Rosario at catcher? Oh, I don't know why I said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I said catcher. I have Eddie Rosario in as another lefty bat. I don't know why that I said catcher. Did you say catcher right before that? I said is catching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, somehow that incepted into my brain while I was talking, but that would make another, a third bat who has got enough power for that to be interesting as well. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well, like he's like, he'd be a good play, but like Olson yeah. and Harris are just like, Oh yeah. And a completely different yeah. level for Olsen and Harris for sure. Um. I don't have much else to add, like whether or not I end up with them is more of a discussion about ownership. But I think it's pretty clear that they are one of the top teams that you can get to today from a hitting perspective.
2: Yeah. And to clarify, uh, Sean V said Gray's given up 16 homers to righties. Uh, Yeah, he's allowed a 198 actual ISO to righties. His expected ISO is 154. Um, It's lefties, though. Like he's allowed a 198 actual ISO to righties, 332 to lefties. Um, He gives up power to righties. He's much, much better against them. His expected numbers suggest he's gotten pretty unlucky. Lefties, his expected numbers suggest he's gotten unlucky, but 266 is the, like, regressed number.
1: Like, it's just absurdly bad. And Nats Park plays up righty power a lot more than it plays up lefty power, so uh, it should look a little bit worse just from that. Not necessarily a skill set perspective, but you're just going to naturally see more home runs to righties. Nats bats, they're kind of the opposite in the Braves in that they don't have a really high... Uh, top stack odds but they are basically free uh, they are third and top value i actually had them second even higher than that they're not really pulling any ownership i don't mind filling out here against Odorizzi with some value and bats. yeah same boat for me i got to them a little bit yesterday you know over
2: the field but nothing crazy um same kind of thing here they've been batting cj abrams higher in the order if he's hitting second again you have a twenty two hundred dollar very highly regarded prospect at shortstop. That's going to look like a good value. Lane Thomas, Luke Voigt, we know those guys have some upside. Joey Manassas is expensive, but he has uh, power as well. So not any sort of a priority, but I do think that if
1: they're not going to pull ownership, then at the very least, they're a decent team to round out some lineups with. We're on the same page there. And this is a spot where like, I think Odorizzi gives up a little bit more expected power to righties, which plays into this park a little bit more, whether that's manessis or voigt. You know, you got to pick one of the two first basemen, but you're getting sort of the right answer either way, whether it's Voigt and you want to save the money or Manessis and you want to spend a little bit more. Anything else here? Nats and Braves. Nope. Blue Jays and Yankees. 3.8 run and fly total for the Jays, 4.2 for the Yanks. Mitch White and Garrett Cole. White is 7K unowned against the Yankees. Should make sense to you guys. Garrett Cole, 10700 most expensive pitcher on today's slate by $200. He is 17% owned, basically half the ownership of Verlander, a step behind, and I kind of agree with it. I don't have anything too crazy to say here. Do I like Cole? Yes. Am I over the field on Cole right now? Yeah, but I don't think he's some sort of like no-doubt-about-it play because Aaron Nola exists. Yeah, I'm there with you. Um,
2: He's the most expensive pitcher on DraftKings. He's got a tough matchup against Toronto, tough park to pitch in really good pitcher, I just think you know the ownership should be somewhere in that 15 to 20 percent range where it is
1: yep uh, there's there's it's not really much else to break down here. It's not the best strikeout matchup in the world, but no. the the ceiling on Garrett Cole is going to work against any team that he faces, whether that's the Blue Jays or otherwise any it's justification... kind of similar to the Blake Snell spot last night how do you end up doing by the way that I actually didn't see I don't know last I saw it was like tied two two, but I don't okay. know how he did probably uneventful then if we don't have, if we don't have any like obvious answer, then it's probably just whatever. I think he was Uh, getting strikeouts. I
2: definitely saw some pitching ninja clips coming through as that game was going on. Uh, He went five innings, five innings, struck out six, three walks, one hit, no runs.
1: One hit, dodge that bullet on the walks. Uh, I can't imagine we're talking about Mitch White. So let's talk Yankees bats. Fifth in top stack, eighth in ownership, Expensive, but tons of talent in this lineup. I'm getting to the Yankees at more than 2x the field. Sign me up for Yankees power for sure. Yeah, no reason not to. Uh, Mitch White has done a pretty good job
2: limiting power so far this year. But again, that's you know an average. It's not facing the Yankees. If he faced the Yankees every day in Roger Center, he probably wouldn't be doing as good a job limiting power. 138 expected. I sort of right. He's 103 to lefties. So nothing really stands out splits-wise. I think it's just kind of you take the best hitters obviously Aaron Judge um, but you know Rizzo Torres Donaldson Stanton Cabrera Bader those guys all look fine at their respective prices as well
1: Blue Jays bats I just don't really see wanting to do that Uh, clearly there's a like massive power potential in the lineup but I don't want to target against Garrett Cole yeah I mean he's been home run prone this year
2: which makes him kind of interesting to try and pick off but um 175 actual iso to righties 140 expected lefties doing more damage 198 expected iso 186 actual there's virtually no left-handed power in this lineup to speak of um but yeah i mean if you land on a blue jays guy and just hope that they get to Garrett cole then fine like he's given up plenty of home runs and they have plenty of power but it's also 12 game slate i don't think i'm gonna spend a lot of time picking on Garrett cole
1: we got a super chat from eric that said uh i got my butt kicked on yesterday's slate let's get back at it though Thinking of going Yankees Braves today, are there any good cheap pitchers on DraftKings? Thank you for your advice, gentlemen. Yes and no. I think basically every cheap pitcher looks the same, and I don't think that any of them really look good, and none of them are really getting any major ownership from me. The public is going to Odorizzi, so I guess that's the answer, but I don't have anybody that I would point to that like I would highly advocate for. Yeah, there's
2: guys like Odorizzi that I think you can use just to sort of fill in your lineup if you need it but there's not cheap guys in the sense where i'm saying like oh you know i really like this cheap pitcher
3: yankees braves will work though as a stack combo that's for sure yeah uh why is this in the wrong order <laughs> red sox orioles <laughs>
1: 4.6 run implied total for the red sox 4.4 4 for the orioles Rich Hill and Dean Kramer going here. Neither guy getting any ownership. I actually got to a little bit of the Dick Mountain, uh, 7%, in fact, but I don't really need to talk about anything. I don't think that either pitcher looks good. No, not a spot that I am really interested in getting to. If I went to one side,
2: I think it would be Kramer just because I expect him to have a little bit longer leash uh, than Hill. Especially because the Orioles bullpen, well, I guess both to some extent both bullpens, but especially the Orioles bullpen uh, last night really had to work. Outside of DL Hall, like nobody could get outs. Period. So I, I would think that if Kramer's pitching well, they would love for him to give you you know a seven or eight inning outing here. But um, still, just not a spot that I
1: think I'm likely to get to. Tough matchup against the Red Sox. Sean V's boy James Caprillion finished with a crisp 11 and a half fantasy points yesterday. I couldn't have seen that one coming. Wild, how he hit his projection.
2: Like not that. enough and... Ks.
1: He actually
2: struck out five. He also just gave up ten hits in addition to his three runs. Six
1: innings, ten hits, three runs, five Ks, no walks.
2: Yeah, kind of like he's a not very good pitcher that
1: is going to just have average games. Kind of, kind of. Um, I liked this game yesterday for offense. It certainly delivered. I like this game again today for offense, but in a little bit of a different way than the public's going. We've got the Red Sox number two in top stack. We've got the Orioles third, but we've got the Red Sox also second in ownership at 13%. Orioles are fourth at nine. I'm getting to a lot more of your Orioles than the Red Sox, but I am getting to both sides. I'd ask you which side you prefer, but I know what that answer is going to be. So uh, I guess talk about your Orioles yeah
2: i like the o's here again um not a ton of i mean they have a lot of right-handed bats the downside for them against lefties is that rutschman is on the wrong side of his platoon split um henderson is a lefty mullins is a lefty neither one of them hit lefties particularly well mullins we know we know doesn't hit lefties very well henderson struggled with it in the minors obviously not much of a sample so far in the majors but uh lefties against the orioles i think do put them in a Worse position than righties do, uh, but there's still plenty of upside. You still have Santander, who has hit more than one home run in three of his last four games, which is just absurd. Um, once again, yesterday a left handed home run and a right handed home run. Uh, Mount Castle from the right side in Fenway looks really good at 4100. Rutchman's still fine, just you know, wish he. Could hit as well right-handed as he does left-handed. Hayes looks good. Uh, so it's still a team that I like getting to because they're pretty inexpensive, and they do have some MPE uh, with Gunnar Henderson. It's unlikely Ramon Urias will be in the lineup today. Had a monster game yesterday through three at-bats, home run, triple, single, then left the game with an injury again. So guessing he won't be in there, which makes the lineup look a little bit weaker. Um, so I, I like the Orioles. I don't think I like them quite as much as I did yesterday, even though I think Hill is certainly a worse pitcher than Waka.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm loaded on the Orioles. 17% of my exposure, 22% of my five-man stacks. I'm getting all things your Orioles. I assume it's because of the implied total and the fact that they get Rich Hill on the opposite side. I do like the Boston side. 6% for me, 5% of my five-mans. Devers driving most of that ownership. But basically, the whole team is 10% owned, and then you get the bump to Devers because he's at third base. Do you expect to just get to everything here, both sides?
2: Yeah, I think that's likely. Um, I thought that yesterday too and then didn't get to Boston because of the ownership. And right now, I think that's a possibility as well. 13% projected ownership, only 8% chance of being the top stack. But if I can find lineups, you know, that get to them and don't, uh, you know, that, that get to them and have contrarian pieces elsewhere. I still think it's a perfectly fine spot. Kramer's another one of the young Orioles pitchers that seems to have improved some stuff as the year has gone on. Uh, overall this year, 128 expected ISO to lefties, 156 to righties. Certainly don't think he's a horrible pitcher, but uh, plenty of upside for the Red Sox. Tristan Costas is still 2,300, just stupid price tag there. Um, tons and tons of power. Devers always looks good. Bogarts is always a top shortstop option. So it's, it's still a pretty appealing team to get to.
1: I don't think I have anything else here, but uh, hopefully they blow up the same way they did yesterday because this is going to be a spot that I'm going to be at for quite a bit of exposure. 23% of all of my exposure right now. Yeah. Could be Travis that if Stowers is hitting ninth, does he have enough
2: power to play outside of stacks? Uh, Yeah, that's kind of all he has is power. Like he's either striking out or hitting the ball hard somewhere. I'd be very surprised if he's in the lineup against Tildo.
1: All righty, guys. Schedule for the rest of the day. MLB, or sorry, NFL Strategy Show Ownership Edition coming up after this at 11 a.m., taking that first glance at projected ownership for this Sunday's games. Got the MLB Deeper Dive back at 5 p.m., MLB Live Before Lock coming up at 6, and then that's it. It's standard issue day today on this Wednesday, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Free content, since you're watching this one, I think it's important to know that MLB ownership is free for today. We also have PGA ownership free for the Sanderson Farms that kicks off tomorrow. Mets and Marlins, four run implied total for the Mets. 2.9 for the Marlins, Taiwan Walker and Jesus Lazardo going here. Uh, both guys basically the same price. I have them with basically the same projection as well. Walker 18% owned, Lazardo 9% owned. I would just rather have Lazardo here, even though the matchup is more difficult. We actually have Lazardo projected
2: ahead of Walker by like a point and a half, which Seems aggressive to me, but to your point, I think they're pretty comparable. Like, Lazardo's the better pitcher. He's got the worst matchup. Walker's got the better matchup, but he's the worst of the two pitchers. I kind of, I mean, I just like both guys. I don't think there should be that big of an ownership gap. Uh, Walker, 18.7% strikeout percentage, 4.1 XFIP. But again, facing one of the worst offenses in baseball. Lazardo, on the other hand, 28.9% strikeout percentage, 3.31 XFIP. Uh, better strikeout percentage than everybody except for Garrett Cole and Brandon Woodruff on this slate, but a difficult matchup against the Mets. So, you know, it's kind of just, you're, you're getting like that perceived safety from Taiwan Walker, but... I guess it's just a good time to reiterate that nothing is actually really safe in MLB DFS. Like, especially when, especially when you're talking about a guy that doesn't get a lot of strikeouts on his own, like, yeah, he's facing a bad offense, but if he just gets unlucky, gives up a few runs, it's more difficult for him to sort of just salvage his day through strikeouts because that's not who he is. Whereas somebody like Lizardo, uh, does at least have really good strikeout stuff. Not that it's a good strikeout matchup, but um, if you're when you when you're talking pitching floors, to me, it's a lot more if you're if you're gonna make that case, it has a lot more to do with strikeout than strikeout uh upside,
1: strikeout potential than it does actual run prevention matchup. Ownership here is just wild to me. So I'm gonna get to more Lazardo than I am to Walker if that ownership maintains a lot easier to get to Walker if it flips or something. Um yeah, like I would I know. feel better
2: about clicking on Walker's name just because he's facing the Marlins and they have a sub three implied run total. But I don't think that there's that much of a difference between him and Lazardo just because Lazardo makes up for the matchup
1: with strikeouts. Do you want to get to either side of this from an offense perspective? Obviously, the Marlins are uh, solid enough value. They are fourth in our top value metric, but I don't find this matchup to be all that appealing. I think Lazardo's good. I think Walker's good enough. Uh, this just doesn't feel like the spot.
2: Yeah, tough park to hit in as well. Weather getting cooler also. Uh, yeah, there's not much that, that stands out here. Um, Taiwan Walker this year, 153 expected ISO to both lefties and righties. So nothing that really stands out there. It's not like yesterday where um, I mentioned J.J. Blade against Carrasco because Carrasco just gives it up to lefties. Walker hasn't been like that this year. On the other side for Lazardo, 137 expected ISO to righties, 127 the lefties, striking out 33% of lefties, 28% of righties. There's just nothing that really stands out to me from a hitter standpoint.
1: So then we move on to game number five, Cubs and Phillies. This one should be pretty easy to talk about. Cubs, three run implied total. Phillies, 4.1. Hayden Wisneski going for Chicago. Aaron Nola on the hill for the Phillies. Nolan, 9,700. He is my highest projected pitcher. He is projected for 44% ownership. That is the highest number on today's slate. I have more than that. I think it's pretty clearly... The best spot on the day. The, uh,
2: Aaron Nola, yeah, agreed. Yes. Um, 9,700, good matchup against the Cubs. 44% ownership is aggressive, but Nola's a really good pitcher. He's got the fourth highest strikeout percentage on the slate at 28.7%. 3.8% walk percentage, 2.84 XFIP. Doesn't give up a lot of power. There's plenty of strikeouts in the Cubs lineup. Um, weather in Chicago, it looks like it's, like it's supposed to be in the 50s with the wind, if anything, blowing in. 2.7 implied run total it's really difficult i think to get away from nola
1: yeah it just looks fantastic the f- i mean the fact that he's a thousand dollars cheaper than garrett cole and i think projected better than garrett Cole says all you need to know about today's slate like i got him projected ahead of verlander i don't know where we have him in our uh, stuff right now i know we'll get there once we get to the astros but it's just so easy to get to Nola at 9,700 and a good strikeout matchup and good, wet like every, he's checking off every box. Yeah. I assume he's going to, I'm going to just want to stack up the Cubs if you're playing Nola, but other than that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's typically the way to go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those, like he's checking, so he's checking off every box, which kind of scares me because it's baseball and it just means he's going to score like four fantasy points and the Cubs are going to be the winning stack. But um, there's just nothing I
1: can point to here as for a reason I would want to get away from Nola. And uh, just for anybody that's curious, Aaron Nola needs to be in any cash build that you're making today. If he isn't, you're wrong. I promise. <laughs> Correct. Hayden Wisneski? I'm just kidding. Phillies yeah. bats. I mean, we're not talking. Was Nesky 7600. This one's not happening.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, well, I, I wanted to talk about it just because I seen somebody mention him in chat and call him like a strikeout machine. Uh, he has been through his extremely Limited major league sample. um There's nothing in his minor league numbers that suggests he's going to be this good of a strikeout pitcher. So um, I'm not looking at his 26% strikeout percentage and thinking it's real. uh He's at, at AAA with the Yankees this year, had a 22.4% strikeout percentage in 19 starts. Four starts with the Cubs at AAA uh, had like a 26% strikeout percentage. Zips projects him for a 20.6% strikeout percentage going forward. The Bats at 21.8. um Yeah, like he's very unlikely
1: to continue striking out of the clip that he has so far. Eighth in top stack, 11th in ownership. I actually like them a little bit more as a top stack. I am getting to quite a bit of the Philadelphia Phillies here. Do you like them in this spot against Wisneski? Not particularly.
2: Um, yeah. Weather sucks for hitting 3.8 implied run total. I think that you can make the case for a relatively low-owned stack that includes you know Schwarber, Harper hoskins you have castellanos back alec bohm is only 3700 with mpe you have a good supposedly good at least hitting catcher in jt realmuto but i think it's still pretty tough for me to want to get here a lot it's just really unfavorable hitting conditions and i don't think west westeski's bad i think he's just sort of like a back end starter
1: okay yeah i think it's just i think it's the fact that they're just really easy to stack up like you know, nobody needs any convincing to get to Schwarber or Harper. Those guys are 4800 and 5100 I think both of those marks work. And they're the only guys that are getting ownership. But $4,400 Reese Hoskins in the two-hole checks off your first base spot. Real Muto, whatever you think he is at this point in time, you're still checking off a catcher spot in the number four hole. You get Alec Boehm with the first third eligibility, 3700 You just... You're you're getting the best possible options in those first five, and they're easy to put together from a stack construction, and that's why I think I'm getting here. I don't love the park, but at the very least, it's better for lefty power than righty power, so good on Schwarber and Harper, I guess. Anxious to see where I end up as we move forward here, but I don't mind getting to like a lot of NOLA plus five-man Phillies. Hopefully that's a little bit more unique. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, the way I see it, I guess, is if I make my lineups and I look and I realize that I'm just playing a good amount of these guys, I'm not going to like be upset about it or think that, you know, like I, my process did anything wrong. Yeah. But it's just a spot that I find a really, I find it really difficult to explain why I would actually want to get there.
1: That's fair. I think that's reasonable. Mine's mostly just ownership outside of Schwarber and Harper. It's nowhere. And Schwarber's at 7%. That's not exactly like a real number. It's just a lot bigger than the zero that's going to everybody else. Yeah. Like
2: I, th- I think the case for playing them is simply you have a bunch of proven, talented major league hitters at low ownership against a guy that projects to be a back-end starter.
1: There we go. I don't think we need to talk about the Cubs, right? I am very good not talking about the Cubs. Brewers and Cardinals. This one's going to be a little bit tricky. Uh, 3.9 run implied total for the Brewers, 3.3 3 for the Cardinals. Brandon Woodruff and Jose Quintana. Uh, Quintana, 6,700, projected for 4% ownership. Might actually be mildly interesting to me as a paydown option if you don't want to get to, like, odor easy. Woodruff on the opposite side, 10K. Third most expensive pitcher here. uh, Slightly more expensive than Nola. Only pulling 15% ownership right now. I think this one's going to look a lot better once the Cardinals lineup comes out. I'm not confident we see Goldschmidt. I'm not confident we see Arenado here. So I think this is going to look a lot better for Brandon Woodruff at, like, 5 o'clock tonight.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Milwaukee... Are they still, yeah, so Milwaukee's a game and a half behind the Phillies for the third wild card, if I'm looking at this right. Um, yeah, so
2: one, whoever wins the NL East has the first, or whoever comes in second in the NL East has the first wild card. Then you have the Padres, then you have either the Phillies or Brewers. So uh, there's no sort of workload concerns for Woodruff here. The Brewers need him to just go out there and have a game. And to your point, the Cardinals clinched the division last night. You are almost certainly not going to have a real lineup coming from the Cardinals here. It's going to look a lot better for Woodruff than it does right now.
1: I think his projection is going to climb. I think his ownership is going to climb. If they don't, they should. Um, his projection is absolutely going to climb, assuming these guys... When you take Goldschmidt and Arnauto out, it's just going to get better. I think it's hard to talk about him right now, but once we see that lineup, whether that's on the deeper dive or live before lock tonight, I think the Brandon Woodruff is going to be painted in a very different light. And right now, we still have him projected as the third highest scoring pitcher. Like Even yeah.
2: if for... I don't know, the Cardinals just hate themselves Ooh. and decide that they all want to play today. Like, even if they run the normal lineup out there, he's still a good play, but yeah. they're not going to run the normal lineup out there, and it's
1: going to be an even better play. Who do we have him behind? Or who do we have him ahead of? Everybody is isn't Aaron Nola or Cole. Okay, so we have him ahead of Verlander. Yeah, by like 0.15. Okay, interesting. What do you think about Quintana on the opposite side? I don't really want to bring it up, but at the same time, it's a great strikeout matchup. I don't think he's like total ass, and it's a decent enough value spot. Yeah, he's okay at that price. Eighteen um, percent strikeout percentage against
2: righties this year, thirty point seven against lefties. You're going to get a predominantly right-handed lineup in a favorable park for hitting. I also, and I don't, I actually don't know the answer to this. Do you expect him to be impacted like? Are they just going to be like, "Hey, cool, get us five innings, go back
3: to the clubhouse, and enjoy your hangover," you know? because uh, like he's a I veteran. Mean, I, gave him... like, mm. I I mean I think he's just going to be out. I don't I don't think they're going
1: to pull him for anything.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, that, that's where I'm at too. I just it, it with him in particular, it just kind of strikes me where like you know he's a veteran dude. Like there's he's not out there to prove anything. You know, you're, you're going to give, like, all these other veterans the day off. Is it just going to be like, all right, you know, go get, go get your work in and then just get out of there as quick as you can? But um, I don't think that's likely to be the case. I assume if he's Same. pitching well, he stays out there. Um, 6700 is a reasonable price tag. I don't like the park. I don't like that he's going to be facing a bunch of righties. But at 3% ownership, I think he's fine.
3: Okay.
1: Probably going to be difficult to want to recommend Cardinals' bats here against Woodruff, and it's going to get worse when they start taking out their real hitters. Do you like the Brewers at all today against Quintana?
2: I have a little bit of interest just because they do have so many righties, but he's still been good at limiting power 128 expected ISO, 109 actual ISO to righties this year. Uh, it's just been that the strikeout percentage takes a hit, so and the top part of the order is pretty expensive. After that, it gets cheap. Um, I don't hate getting to like some Renfro, Adamas, McCutcheon. Mike Brousseau or, or Luis Urias, assuming they're in the lineup. Um, but certainly not a priority for me, just because I do think Quintana is a pretty good pitcher.
1: Prize Picks, presenting sponsor of this show. If you click the link in the description of the video, head on over to Prize Picks, make a deposit. You can get up to $100 on that first deposit. You don't need an optimizer. We love you, Fantasy Cruncher, but you're not necessary here at Prize Picks. You're taking player props over unders. You put five together in one card, you can net up to 10x your entry fee. It is now time for us to break down some of the pitcher fantasy scores for today. We've talked about Garrett
3: Cole already. Garrett Cole over under 37 and a half. Um, we have him at 37, so slight under. Okay. I'm going to give you two more here.
1: These next two are pretty interesting. Taiwan Walker, thirty three and a half. It's an under for me pretty firmly. Can't find them. Uh, yeah, under. Jesus Lazardo, 25 and a half. Over. I got the over there as well. But I think I do think that it's interesting that there's an eight-point gap between the two on prize picks. From where we sort of like talked them through before. Uh, and then let's close it out. One last one. We'll go Brandon Woodruff over under 39 and a half. Um under, but yeah, I got him at, at thir- thirty-four-two. Yeah, that could he could jump It probably just points. switches to a push. Yeah, when Goldschmidt and Arenado get out of there, and they're putting in two other schmoes, it's going to be drastic. Check out Prize Picks, everybody. Twins and White Sox: three point six run implied total for the Twins, three point seven for the White Sox. Josh Winder and Johnny Cueto going here. Winder unowned, Cueto unowned. I think there's like a mild case to get a little bit more of Johnny Cueto just because of the depth that he goes in some of these games, but I don't have any sort of real priority in the pitching.
2: Yeah, uh, not really a priority for me here either. Yeah.
1: Okay. As I kind of figured. If we're talking offense, I guess we're talking twins, but the White Sox rank higher in top stack. Twins are seventh in ownership, 14th in top stack, but second in value. Most of that is Nick Gordon. Do you like the Twins? Do you like the White Sox? Sort of go whichever direction you want. Kind of just neutral on both.
2: Not a ton of interest in like anything from this game. Cueto has been decent at limiting production this year, not getting a lot of strikeouts, which is why I'm not interested in him from a DFS standpoint. But a 146 expected ISO to righties, 135 to lefties. Nick Gordon's still cheap. I guess I'll just keep repeating that all season long. Um, Miranda's inexpensive. He's got some power. Carlos Cray is obviously good, but... Yeah, the Twins don't look that appealing to me. Um, the White Sox on the other side pretty much never looked that appealing because they are just such an average offense, but they're priced up. Like Jimenez and Abreu over 5K or at 5K. Moncada's over 4K. Elvis Andrews at 4K. k For I mean, like, I get the reason. He, they've actually adjusted his price because he's having a good year. Um I don't know why they don't adjust to anyone else's prices, but um, just you tell if you you know told me Elvis Andrews was going to be four K at you know two months ago, I would have laughed at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
1: just I think pretty difficult to really get to that team. Okay, yeah, I just I don't have any real interest in what's going on in this one. Little bit of White Sox uh, against Josh Winder does not project very well, but nothing too crazy here. Agreed. Astros and Diamondbacks, 3.8 run implied total for the Astros, 2.7 for the Diamondbacks. Justin Verlander and Zach Gallen. Uh, Verlander, 10,500, projected for 35% ownership. Gallen, 9,400, projected for 1.5% ownership. I think Verlander's about right in ownership. I think that we're going to see that Verlander ownership come down when we get Woodruff's to come up. Uh, I think those guys are going to end up looking a lot closer as we get towards Locke. What are you doing with Verlander? I think he looks pretty
2: good here. Um, I don't like that Houston doesn't have a ton or doesn't have anything really to play for. Um, it's just, it, it's kind of nitpicking, but you, know, like you compare him to somebody like Woodruff where Milwaukee needs him to just go give them a really good start. Houston, I think is more likely to be like, all right, cool. Like you gave us six innings, get out, um, you're done. But I still think Verlander looks good. The matchup against Arizona is fine. Just kind of an average-ish offense. Um, $10,500 price tag, second most expensive behind Cole. He has a 26.9% strikeout percentage, 3.3 XFIP. Right now at 35% ownership, that seems a little bit high to me. Like, Especially if Woodruff's ownership doesn't come up that much once we get a Cardinals lineup, I would rather go to Woodruff. I think Cole at half the ownership is a better play. But um, nothing really against Verlander. I just think he's getting a little bit too much ownership. Gallon's a good pitcher, but I don't get the sense we're targeting against the Astros. I love the idea of gallon at one percent. I don't know how I'd possibly get there. Um yeah. it's a really tough matchup. He's a really good pitcher. Twenty seven point one percent strikeout percentage, three point three xfip He's been on a tear of late making a push for the NL Cy Young. Um, but you know, again, it's just one of those where like if I were like hand building lineup five lineups like five years ago, I would be looking at this like, nobody's playing Zach Allen, I'm gonna play a bunch of Zach Allen. And then now that I like have more at you know, more math based into my process it's who needs math based
1: takes and dfs
2: yeah, it, man is that um, not what
1: we're learning this week
2: it's more
1: i love the idea of zach gallon but like he's just not going to show up in my stuff i got five percent that's going to be like the equivalent of what i can possibly get to here but i'm with you it it makes sense on paper the way that we would have done this in 2018 bats are unowned there's obviously some upside in the astros bats but i don't really want to target against gallon i don't want the diamondbacks against verlander so this is a cross-off for offense
2: yeah i don't really see much offensively here um i will just mention it same thing i said yesterday obviously verlander better than luis garcia but i ended up getting to a lot of diamondbacks yesterday i do think if you're going towards a you know relatively cheap low owned low probability offense for whatever reason whether you know it's just your trying to play contrarian in large field tournaments, or you're trying to balance out high ownership elsewhere in your lineup. The amount of talent on the diamondbacks does make them somewhat appealing, even in the tough matchup, but I don't anticipate getting a lot of them.
3: All righty. Angels and
1: A's. It's a shame James Caprillion can't pitch again today. Give Sean V another shot. 4.8 runs for the angels, 3.5 for the A's. Michael Lorenzen and Adrian Martinez. These guys are basically getting no ownership. And that's exactly how it should be. Agreed. Yeah. So I mean, it's that it's, simple.
2: Yeah. Like it's a good matchup for Lorenzen, but I don't really
1: think you need to get there. No. Number four in top stack, number six in top value and number one in aggregate ownership. That would be the angels for today. Uh, Trout Notani in the twenties, you get Ringifo and Taylor Ward uh, in the high teens this is not a spot that I'm getting to with that sort of volume. Uh, I totally get why it's coming in. You get that combination of top stack top value, but uh, this seems like a spot where I'm going to be lighter.
2: Yeah. The ownership just sort of makes it tough when you're getting 14% aggregate ownership at 7% chance of being the top stack. Uh, I haven't run my stuff yet, but I'm pretty confident I'll have a higher top stack percentage on the angels just because of the value component and um, the MPE that Rehifo and Otani offer, but That's still a lot of ownership coming in here. It is a good park. It is a good matchup against Martinez. It does look like it's supposed to be relatively warm there as well. So it's just another one of these teams where I'm not going to be like, I would love to get to the angels because it means that I found a way to make contrarian lineups that also have the angels. And I think they look really good, but I think it's likely that it just ends up being difficult to do.
1: I'm with you. I actually have the same amount of Angels that I have the A's. A's are 10th in top stack. Number one as the top value team, 27% likelihood. In fact, they are fifth in ownership, about 8%. I have 3%, which is way under the field. But I think that this game is just a game that I'm going to hope stays quiet.
2: Yeah, um, I don't mind targeting against Lorenzen, he's got about a 19% strikeout percentage on the year, he has only allowed a 109 expected ISO to righties, he's had a lot more issues with lefties, 173 expected ISO, 200 actual ISO, Seth Brown looks good, I don't know why he's 2700, but he looks good at 2700. You can always go to one of the catchers, whether it's Murphy or Langoliers, Tony Kemp's cheap with MPE. But I, like I really like Seth Brown individually. The rest of this team is kind of just like they're cheap. They're in a good park. They're facing
1: a mediocre pitcher. Anything else you want to touch on here? Nope. Final day of the program of this promo coming up tomorrow. It ends tomorrow. The promo code is Prime Time, one big word, all caps. The Stochastic Plus NFL tools for showdown and single game slates are one dollar one single buck you get the showdown lineup generator you get player and ownership projections our discord chat the lineup builder this does not include fantasy cruncher that's it's not in this promo but you get all of that stuff that i just mentioned everything you see on the screen for a week for one dollar that's going to cover you for thursday night football sunday night football and monday night football a great way to get in behind the paywall at basically no cost to you you can find a dollar. Check those couch cushions for extra change. Mariners and Rangers. 3.9 run implied total for the Mariners. Three for the Rangers, George Kirby and Martin Perez. George Kirby, quite popular in this spot. 8,400 projected for 26% ownership. Let's just start there. Do I like Kirby today? Yes, I do have some Kirby. Feels a little high. In ownership, we have him at 14% to be a top two pitcher. I actually had him come out at 5%. I just think this whole middle range, whether it's Kirby, Lazardo, Walker, I don't see a lot of differences here. Even Perez do, on the opposite side. Do I like the number of times you've asked yourself rhetorical questions during
2: this show? No. Um, but I'm with you on the ownership being – probably a little bit high i also just sort of have concerns about his workload you know this is a young pitcher you're in late september now last start he threw 69 pitches i'm not reading into that he pitched like shit he gave up five runs was pulled after two and a third but 84 pitches in six innings 85 pitches in six innings i think it's probable that he's like they kind of just want him around 85 90 pitches and that they're also probably not letting him go more than six innings um that's kind of my assumption. So it's not a huge issue, especially at a relatively inexpensive $8,400 price tag. I think he's a good play. I don't love the 26% ownership. I think that if he's going to get three times the ownership of Jesus Lazardo,
3: that I would rather get to Lazardo. I'd rather get to Perez in this game. Oof. That's a tough sell, I think. I mean, Perez is going to go deeper based on the lineups that I have in right now.
1: I have the Rangers lineup as a better offense than the Mariners. Like that's, I mean, that's fair with no Rodriguez, I guess. It's but a there's, great, it's a great park to yesterday? go to Perez.
2: Yeah, Seeger got hurt yesterday.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, um, that'll look a little bit. Not, different. Then. He
2: got hit by a pitch on his arm. Did not break anything.
1: So okay. I don't know. Like I just look at this whole range: Perez, Kirby, Lazardo, Walker. I, I can't separate those guys, but ownership is 3%, 26%, 9%, 18%. Whatever we want to say that's separating it, it isn't a 26-3 to three for Kirby, that's for sure. Yeah, and just to clarify, like, also, and to
2: reiterate, um, because obviously when you're doing a DFS show like this, you get kind of bogged down in player takes. It's about your lineup. Like, there's a lot of lineups where I would rather play George Kirby than any of these other guys that we're talking about just because sure. I have, you know... uh. Unowned back stack or something. There's no real reason for me to be doing anything other than playing the most likely guy to succeed, which is Kirby out of that price group. But um, it is close enough between these guys that, like, when you're talking about if you're talking about having like a bunch of lineups that you're you're considering, and then you're trying to sort of evaluate them based on you know ownership and projection, this price point where you have Walker, Kirby, Lazardo, Perez, all projected similarly but two of them getting a lot of ownership and two of them not getting ownership those lineups where you're able to just chop off a bunch of ownership by giving up like a half point of projection or a full
1: point of projection are just going to get pushed up naturally yep yep and that's exactly what's happening for me here very weird range and yeah like i've got kirby at five innings i don't expect him to be going too much more obviously great park you know solid strikeout matchup but I've got Perez going a full additional inning. <laughs> so there's also that that's big, especially in this park. I, I'm not getting to the offenses here. Ninth for the Mariners in ownership. 16th for the Rangers. Neither one of them in the top 15 of top stack odds. Do you like the bats in the side, like either side?
2: No, this is another one that it's just really tough for me to make much of a case. The park sucks for hitting. Um, Kirby's a good pitcher. 164 expected ISO to righties, 127 the lefties. Perez doesn't give you the same sort of strikeout stuff that Kirby does, but 108 expected ISO to righties, sub 100 the lefties. Also a watered-down Seattle lineup with Rodriguez on the injured list. So I think it's a really difficult game to get to offenses. All I think if I went to one, and I'm with you, I think I would get, even though they have the lower implied run total, I think I would get to Texas first, Just because, especially if Seager happens to be in the lineup, the names in that lineup are just better, like Semien, Seager, Lowe, Garcia, Young, Haim, compared to Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, Jared Kelnick, Carlos Santana. Like, I think the Rangers are just the higher upside offense, but realistically, I don't think I get too much of either.
1: Yeah, I'm not getting too much either, but I would be going to the Rangers if I was going to one of these sides. And I take the benefit of going against the Kirby ownership, even though I think George Kirby is actually really good. Padres and Dodgers, 3.4 run implied total for the pods, 3.9 for the Dodgers. Joe Musgrove and Julio Urias going here. 8,900 for Musgrove, 9,200 for Urias. Neither guy getting any ownership. Should we be going to either one of these guys?
2: I think it's difficult here it's just it's two good offenses in terms of the talent in their lineups and two offenses that are difficult to strike out it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the blue jays you know it's it's one thing to take pictures against a good offense that'll strike out like you've seen plenty of times where getting to pitchers against the Braves in tournaments is pretty appealing because when they're not lighting you up, they're just striking out and giving you a ton of fantasy points. But teams like the Dodgers and the Padres are difficult to strike out. So even if even if you prevent runs, it's unlikely that you're just like racking up strikeouts against them. And then neither one of these guys are particularly inexpensive either. So I think that they're both good pitchers. I also think they're both really difficult to roster on this slate. They're kind of in that like Zach Gallen category with, uh, for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's a decent comp here. I have Gallon and Urias basically projected for the exact same amount. Neither guy is really easy to get to. I've got Musgrove projected worse than both of those guys, and so it's even harder to get to Musgrove for me. Um, But little bits of of any of these guys, it's it's all the same, whether it's Gallon, whether it's Urias, whether it's Musgrove. They're going to show up in like 2 4%. I'm never going to pay attention to it. I'm never even going to notice what lineups they're in, but yeah.
2: To Bridge lines point in chat, Toronto was the first baseball team I ever liked for that exact reason.
1: Interesting. So that would have been – who the hell was on that team?
3: Olerud. Um, okay. Alomar, Joe Carter or
2: is he yeah, like Carter, gone at that point? Okay. Yeah. We're, we're probably talking like 93, 94. Okay. Because like I, I liked the Orioles by the time they were in the playoffs in like 96. So Okay. Um, also, I mean – and keep in mind, you know, you're not even talking full years, probably. Like I know I liked the Tigers because like the first t-ball team I was on was called the Tigers. Fair. um I liked the Yankees briefly just because it pissed off my parents. um So like, keep in mind this isn't even like full season type things. But yeah. Toronto was for sure the first baseball team I liked just because uh, I really liked the color blue and I liked their uniforms. But yeah, I think it was like Alomar, Carter, Olarud, yeah. Hank Gin. Uh, so that would have been like. I want to say like Otis Nixon might have been there. Devon White. Is
1: Clemens there at that point
2: or no? No, Clemens was after. Clemens was on the Red Sox at this point.
3: Okay.
1: D- uh, I'm just trying to picture other guys that were on the Blue Jays then. Juan Guzman. <laughs>
3: there
2: you I go. was really excited when the Orioles got him because I liked him so much, like on Toronto.
1: Good, good, good transitional player for you.
2: Yeah, Ed Sprague. Ah, uh, there you go. Alex Gonzalez.
1: Yeah, Alex Gonzalez. I mean, that's a pretty safe name to just say and hope that he was on a team. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's probably Um, 600 of that dude. (laughs) Yeah, the one that ended up playing for the Cubs and I think was in the Bartman game. I can't even remember any longer. Are we rostering Dodgers bats or Padres bats? I don't plan on it.
2: Uh, Actually, I did play the Dodgers yesterday against Snell, so no reason I can't play them against Musgrove, but it's the same kind of spot. Um, They're not getting any ownership. They are projected to go a bit under owned. I don't have confidence in them against Musgrove. I think he's a good pitcher. 150 expected ISO to righties, 109 the lefties, but it's still the Dodgers at low ownership. So I don't really mind getting there. Um I think that you can make a similar case for the Padres, but they just don't look quite as good to me.
1: <laughs> I don't plan on it. Here's why I plan on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but no, I mean it's look, both pitchers are really good And there are better offenses out there. Like in DFS space, not like ceiling. Obviously, the Dodgers can just smash. Giants and Rockies. Four and a half run implied total for the Giants. Three for the Rockies. Jose Arena going for the Rockies. Uh, I think we had this discussion already. I'm going to whiff on it again. We're going to go with Jelly. Sean Jelly. Is that what we're going to call him? I I learned it the other day, and then I forgot it. I think that's right, though. Cool. Uh, I don't think we're ready for this jelly anyway so i'm not going to roster him at all do you want either pitcher no okay yeah he's there's no way you're rostering pitching here at least not Um, in my eyes it's
2: it's pronounced jelly
1: okay perfect i'm glad it's a baseball show with 168 people um and it's just going to get ignored that i'm making bootylicious quotes during it it's just like there's not enough people here to care yeah you're not supposed to uh i I was i'm
2: kind of laughing so i I typed in the google sean jelly pronunciation and so the first thing it comes up with you know answered the question for me but then under the people also ask what is sean pronounced as like
3: oh jesus i I don't don't see people are
1: asking that i bet they are i i bet there are so many people out there that have no idea how to say s-e-a-n not in this country Uh, I think you're mistaken. Have you looked at our YouTube chat? You cannot get through elementary school without knowing how to pronounce the name Sean. Uh, I'm not confident that our version of it in chat says his own name correctly. (laughs) CNV. CN5. Got him. Nailed it. Figured it out. Giants bats are sixth in top stack, sixth in ownership. I think they look perfectly acceptable, and I also don't want them. Agreed. Cool way to bring the deets on that one. Really close the show out
2: strong. Yeah, and like <laughs> McMahon at five K looks okay. Um, I, I just I don't like the park. I don't like the offense. The the top of the order is fine. You know McMahon, Gritchik, Crone. I still like Michael Toglia at three thousand eight hundred, but. They're one of the lowest probability stacks, 2.4% top stack percentage, 1% ownership going a little bit under owned, but just still extremely low probability.
1: By the way, I missed this earlier. Dave Jones with the big super chat won 250 bucks on an MLB contest on DraftKings last night, three max entry. Good work, man. Congratulations. Should have kept the 20 you sent to us. Take a little bit of that back. Keep that for yourself, man. But we appreciate it nonetheless. All right, let's sum it up. Favorite stacks for today. Atlanta,
2: this, this one's rough. Like The teams that I think I'm going to end up playing aren't exactly my favorite sacks,
3: uh, just because of the way ownership looks right now. But Atlanta, I guess Baltimore. You've named two of my four. Um, Yankees? Three of my four. Yeah, I'm just going to stop there. You're not going to take a shot at the fourth one. You don't want to go clean sweep.
1: This is like prize picks, man. You can get 10x your entry fee if you get this fourth one right. <laughs> so we're saying
3: the like your fourth highest owned? Yes. Boston? They are fifth. Okay.
1: Final answer is the Phillies. Orioles, Phillies, Yankees, Braves are the four most exposed teams that I've got right now. Biggest fade would be the Angels uh, with close work on... Red Sox, A's, Giants, Twins. Uh, favorite pitchers:
3: Nola, Woodruff. Once we get that Cardinals lineup, um, the, the like the the mid range piece is sort of lineup dependent. Like
2: it's Taiwan Walker at seventy nine hundred, yeah. but then also I really like the Lizardo pivot.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like I really like Nola Woodruff. We'll say we'll even say Verlander and Cole. And then I just sort of want the second person that I have in that lineup, if it isn't one of those four, to just be any one of these guys that aren't getting the ownership. So not Kirby, not Walker, not Odorizzi All righty. Made it to the end here. You've got um you've got tournament play videos coming up later. You've got the deeper dive coming up a little bit later. I've got nothing else coming up. I am done for the day, which I'm quite excited about. Hopefully, I'm just going to turn off the the DM notifications and go about my business. Lots of stuff to do around the house. A lot of light bulbs to change today. Very. I forgot early. I like the Braves too. I think I can probably name like
2: every player from like their '95 ish teams.
1: I mean, I know that I can do that, but that was a that was peak Josh following baseball. Yeah, I was five. My dad was a Yankees fan. We're playing them in the World Series. We're just talking shit. Immediately. I'm some eight year old just talking smack (laughs) to my dad. It was a good time. It was a good time. Well, let's get out of here. Turn it over to the NFL Strategy Show Ownership Edition. Thank you guys for being here. Hit that like button on your way out the door to the 183 loyal watchers of this show. We appreciate having you. Thank you to Prize Picks for being the sponsor of the show. Good luck for everything that you guys do today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow, but plenty more content for you guys to watch today. Good luck, everybody. Peace.